When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Dragon Shield. Use code PLAYTOWIN5 at our affiliate link down below to help support the show. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. And this week, as we're coming to the end of 2023, we have a quick little series of podcasts that we're going to do to try to figure out which card printed in 2023 is best in CEDH. Right. This is part one. Today, we're talking about which card not a commander, which card in the 99 is the best printed in 2023. Next week will be best commander printed in 2023. Exactly. So we're only focusing on cards that are going the 99. There's actually surprisingly still a couple of legendary creatures we'll talk about, funnily enough. And there's also some cards that we're not going to talk about, maybe because they specifically only see play in one maybe not so popular deck or a niche deck or something like that. We're talking about the heavy hitters, the ones that see a decent amount of play in most decks. Yeah, things that are going to be staples in the format moving forward as opposed to cards that are just getting sprinkled in. Right. Yep. Shall we begin? Let's shall. Uh (laughs) Oh. All right, we're going to start off with the first set that came out this year, which is Phyrexia All Will Be One. Right, okay. Do you remember this set? Of course I remember, yes. Oh, you're way ahead of me then. (laughs) This set uh, had a couple of heavy hitters that we'll talk about here. Yeah, give them to me. We'll start off with the Mycosynth Gardens. Oh, sure. Maybe we're not starting off with the heaviest of hitters. Maybe this (laughs) is like a... What does this one do again? So this is a land. It's a sphere. It taps for a colorless mana, but it can also filter mana. So you can pay a colorless to tap it and make a mana of any color. But you can also pay X and tap it to have the Mycosynth Garden become a copy of a non-token artifact you control with mana value X. So this is the land that can like copy mana crypts and stuff like that. Played it in Magda a little bit this year. Saw it pop up in like a couple of other more artifact-based decks too. I've seen it in a couple one and two color decks, but definitely not a ton. I wouldn't rate this one super high, but it's definitely a nice little extra tool that some decks get to use. But I would say overall, it's closer to an honorable mention for me where it fits in that category of it's good in some decks, but not a ton of decks. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not starting off with a card that's going to end up in our top 10 for the year. Probably not. However, this is still a really cool card and a really cool tool that a lot of these lower color decks now have access to if you really need more artifacts or more ways to be able to get more mana yeah it's a good crop rotation target too i would also say true, if yeah. you're playing crop rotation and artifact strategies maybe this is good if you're if i feel like something with kadama i feel like this work i feel like if you're doing something with kadama this is probably good i already don't understand what you're doing with kadama <laughs> so i'm sure this Toss floats this one, in there yeah this one right in there with that pot <laughs> Um, and there's probably other bunch of decks that we're not talking about right now that utilize this card, but 
It's just okay. Middle I, of the pack. Playable. I would say like one of the best lands that came out of the year. That I don't know if it's true. the best land that came out of the year, but it's definitely one of them. When did Besaidu come out? Years ago at this point, um, right? Last year. Last that year. was okay. last year that, that came all out. All right. That was like the best land ever, I think. Yeah, maybe, I would but... definitely agree. <laughs> okay. No, there is one other land that's going to come up on this list that I think is a little bit better, but we'll get there. Okay. Skrelv Defector Might is the next card here. This is a white mana for a 1-1 legendary artifact creature, Phyrexian Might with Toxic 1, and it can't block. But you can pay a Phyrexian white mana, tap it, to choose a color and have another target creature you control gain Toxic 1 and Hexproof from that color until end of turn. It also can't be blocked by creatures of that color, too. So it kind of gives them protection. Right. Yeah, so this is another Mother of Runes, closer to Giver of Runes, because it can't protect itself. One of the main reasons why Mother is so good is because it can also protect itself. This card is good in the right deck. If Winota won more, I would say this card might be a little bit better. Winota just hasn't won a ton this year, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I feel like this started off as being like a really cool card that we were seeing quite a bit in like the first quarter of the year, maybe like bleeding into the first half of the year. But then as the meta started to shift and we slowed down month after month after month, those kind of like strategies like Winota certainly started to get weaker. So Yeah, definitely. But in, in the deck that utilizes this, this is a great tool, but this is another niche one where it doesn't fit in every style of deck kind of specifically Winota or like specifically low color white decks as soon as you get into uh it's too many strategies there's too many other things that can do this at a better rate deflecting swat and stuff like that if you want to protect your creatures and um it's just you have to be really all in on the creature aspect to use it and a lot of decks are versa versatile they're using a lot of different not just creatures but this is why a lot of the mono white decks have picked yeah. this up too because it does have a lot of extra utility that some of the other protection givers might not have yeah yeah definitely that being said though i'm also taking it off the list for top 10 consideration i feel like we're gonna find 10 cards that are more impactful than this i think so the next card we're gonna talk about then is soulless jailer this is two mana for an artifact creature for Exian Golem, and it says permanent cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield, and players can't cast non-creature spells from graveyards or exile, and it's no for. This one is another Winota card that at the beginning of the year I was really hyped on. I thought it did a lot. Overall, I haven't seen it quite as much. It just it feels like it just misses the mark on some of the things that it stops. Because it's not as good as Graftigger's Cage, it's not right? As good, yeah, it's just not as good as Graftigger's Cage. I think that's the main reason. It's got zero power, too. Zero power, but four butt. Yeah, that kind of stinks for attacking with Timna. Like, the Timna decks are going to be the ones that want to use this, so... That kind of sucks. Again, if Winota won more games, we'd see this card more. Also, if Urza Saga wasn't a card, we'd probably see this more. Like, the fact that Urza Saga just goes and gets you Graftigger's Cage sure. is a huge upside to why you might want to play that card over this effect, even in more creature-based decks, I would say, sometimes. Yeah, I think that's true. So, Soulless Jailer, maybe a card we were a little bit more hype on at the beginning of the year and a little bit less now. It tends to happen, I feel like, with CDH and new sets. We're hyped on this stuff when it comes out, and then we play it a couple months, and we go, oh... Well, this is just fine. Not it's like really. a little new card syndrome <laughs> yeah, but a little bit. This is a sad start to the podcast. <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about a card that I think is now like a ubiquitous card, at least. Tyvar Jubilant Brawler. Yes, This definitely. is the Planeswalker. That's one, a black and a green. It says you may activate abilities of creatures you control as though those creatures had haste. You can plus one it to untap one target creature, or you can minus two it to mill three cards. Then you can return a creature with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Have you seen this card a lot? I've seen it. In more deck lists than I've seen it in play. Okay. Which I feel like happens with a lot of cards like this. Like a lot of new cards I tend to see more in deck lists than in play. So it's a that's a stupid sentence. <laughs> um, that just makes sense. Well, to, I mean, to be honest, I, I really haven't seen a lot of Tyver. I don't know how good this card is yet. It just hasn't come up as much for me. That leads me to believe that I don't know that it's very good because if it was, I would see it a lot more. And I just I feel like I don't. Um, but maybe it's in it's in decks that I'm just not coming up against. I would still wager it's a very powerful thing for the strategy that it fits in and like the more Hulk and Hermit Druid kind of decks. Sure. The problem is that those kind of decks are also falling out of favor in the meta right now. So whereas this is an incredible tool that they got this year, it's not helping them enough to get them through Ristic Studies and Silences and shit like that. Yeah, I think I agree. Three mana is kind of a lot to ask for a value engine. I always just compare it to Ristic Study and that's kind of a hard obviously you can't compare everything to risk study because that's the best but your engines at three mana should be doing a lot and this one maybe just doesn't do as much you can argue it's a little bit less mana because you can untap your mana dorks with that's it true. which is you're very right. nice you know and I, right. I really like the minus two for your hermit druid kind of decks and like when you're if you're trying to go off with Thassa's oracle like a way to reanimate it or something but we haven't seen this paired with Dockside so much, which I think yeah. is something else that we talked about when the card was printed. And I think that if this was good enough to pair with Dockside, maybe we would be considering it more highly. But yeah. I just haven't seen that. Haven't seen it. No. We're going to talk about one more card from the set. This one kind of breaks our rule a little bit, I think, Dylan. I think all of these cards have broken a rule so a little far, bit. <laughs> well, we were just not going to talk about cards from Phyrexia. All will be one then. Yeah. So this is all will be one, actually. Okay. This oh, is, right. Sure. This is the namesake of the set. Three and two red for an enchantment. Whenever you put one or more counters on a permanent or player, all will be one deals that much damage to target opponent creature an opponent controls or planeswalker an opponent controls yeah so this ended up being a combo piece with obnixilis right which is great yeah um, exactly i think there's a couple other weird things that it combos with maybe cameron will put them on screen if he figures out what they are i don't I, really remember i always i <laughs> messed them up last time <laughs> so <you>? yeah i <laughs> okay. did hopefully i won't mess them up this time either way the card is a, a five mana combo piece and it's not that oracle so we know that off the gate but it can be a one card win with your commander like obnixilis kind of you need a way to start it i think but once it gets going it's going and I, th I think that's a great place to be. So it, it puts uh, Obnixilis in a similar category as like, this is going to sound strange, but I want to say Tivit. That just was like, exactly what I was thinking. It's just yeah. like a big value commander that can kill your opponents, but also has a one card win condition. I think that's great. One card win condition because the commander is a card in itself. You always have it. So you don't count that as a card. All you need is all be one Obnixilis and then a way to start the chain with something that's either on board or something to happen from your opponents and you'll win the game. Which will happen. There's obviously reasons why Tivit is a lot better, but Obnixilis having that tool makes it, I think, a, a deck that people can invest resources in and try to make good because I think that makes it a, a CDH deck for a while and all will be one is pretty powerful. For yeah, that. definitely agree. Definitely. It's funny how that card came out after all will be one too. Isn't that the set that we're talking about? Uh, 
No. What is this set? That we're this talking is about right now? all will be one. The set we're going to be talking about next is March of the Machines. Wait, what's the name of the card? All will be one. You s- it is in the name of it's What do you mean? I'm saying Obnixilis was printed oh. after oh. Phyrexia All Will Be One. Okay, I was like, wait, no, All Will Be One all was will be printed, one in, was all printed will be in 2022. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's me. <laughs> all right. Okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. Okay. That's funny. All right. Do you want to talk about March of the Machines? I would love to. This set has uh, actually a lot more of a punch, even though it has one fewer card that we're going to talk about. I here. remember. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm thinking of a couple cards. So, yeah, let's what get is, into them. What's one you're thinking of? Phyrexian Sensor is the first one that comes to my Hell mind. Hell yeah. Phyrexian Sensor. This is two and a white for a 3 3 Phyrexian Wizard. It says each player can't cast more than one non Phyrexian spell each turn and non Phyrexian creatures ETB tapped. Yeah, so this one is another rule of law on a stick, which is great. That also has your opponent's creatures come in tapped, which can be relevant. It's um, annoying. It's annoying to play against, it's, at least. Yes, it's annoying to play against, especially in the creature based combat deck. If you're doing Timna stuff and you want to attack and your opponent's blocker, are coming in tapped that's great for you you can really take advantage of those of that tempo this card i i have been liking it a lot in stack stacks when i play a stack stack that has whitened it this has for me has become an auto include yeah i don't know what how do you feel about it I haven't really played this. This is not really the kind of card that I play in decks because I'm not a stacks player, really. However, that being said, I have had it played against me. It does feel like a lot of the other creature rule of laws where this is really where you want to be on a rule of law. It definitely feels a lot more impactful than like your traditional rule of law. And I do find the creature tapped ability part very annoying at the same time. Even when... it's not the most relevant thing. Like I'd much rather be able to play a creature and hold it up as a Tim, the blocker, like you mentioned. And when I lose out on that advantage, it, it sucks. Definitely. The only thing that holds this card back from being like number one on the list is that, um, stack strategies are like kind of tier two right now. Just, you know what I mean? They're just under the top strategy. Um, but if we got a couple more tools, that might change. Do you remember any other cards from the set that came out? Cause there's a couple others that you play. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that I do. I don't know if I remember off the top of my head, what sets they are. What do we got? Well, the big one is fairy mastermind. Oh, sure. This yeah. is definitely, I think going to be in the top 10 for us here. Yeah. A fairy mastermind as I think we all know now is the one in the blue two, one fairy that has flash and flying. And it says whenever an opponent draws their second card, each turn you draw and for three and a blue you can make each player draw yeah this is just another draw engine a pretty great one at that it having the one toughness and losing to orcish bowmaster kind of stinks although it can kind of work well with orcish bowmaster say if you do want to activate that four mana ability and make some more damage with the bowmaster that can be fun the only issue i have is like the is the bowmaster the toughness thing with this card other than that i think this card is a stellar include it goes in a lot of blue decks which are a lot of the decks of the format i really like this one this to me is Good, but it's like begrudgingly playable right now. <laughs> it's like just to barely me. better than Ledger Shredder. Because what sucks is that, like, w- yes, I am drawing cards, but like my opponent is also drawing cards. Like, it's, I think it's good in conjunction with something else. Like you said, if you have Bowmaster, whenever your opponents like are doing something, you're basically getting two triggers every turn. Yeah. I don't like it when you don't have any other advantage engines because this means that other players have their engines going. They're consistently drawing more cards than you. You can only get one card at max per opponent, but if you're playing this against a Rhystic Study, that's getting fed by every card that hits the stack. So it doesn't necessarily catch you up. It just kind of like can help nudge you ahead if you already 
are ahead technically because if you have two card advantage pieces in play you're pretty ahead it's definitely one that helps you a lot when you're already ahead and does not help you at all when you're behind i think is like the main thing that you're saying is like if you have if you're working with other pieces if you have another risk study or another thing on your side of the board and you have this as well this can help you go over the top yeah but if you don't have any of that and your opponents all have better engines than you you're gonna kind of stay in but only just barely and yeah. almost not even that i don't think it's an auto include for every blue deck i think if you can't utilize the flash or the huh? attacking i won't necessarily put this in especially if like i'm worried about playing against a lot of other bow masters and losing my value engines but that being said it's hard to not want to include this in your decks now because just having another cheap creature that can draw you a significant portion of cards is how you win games yeah definitely for now i think this is better than phyrexian sensor as of out of the cards we have i think that's the one two of the list i think so too yeah very mastermind phyrexian sensor and then i don't think any of the other ones the I'm other ones consider. might not make it but like maybe tyvar maybe i have tyvar as a maybe right now okay i don't i don't have tyvar very high at all it depends on what else we're going to talk about probably. let's talk about some other stuff invasion of icoria was in the set oh okay yeah this was remember battles we're probably going to see them a lot more in 2024. Are we? Since Wizards always prints two sets like two years ahead, yeah. they don't necessarily know what, if like a mechanic is going to work out. Did so. battle work out? Do people like battle? You think? I, I thought people like battle. It doesn't I like seem battle. like it's a bad no, yeah, I like thing. It. And like, there's a lot of design space. Like, these are sieges. Sieges. I, I hope like, that, yeah. we, we could just do regular battles that aren't sieges, and I wonder what that might look like. I hope they do more of the battles because I hate that there can just be like a one-off. It's just the one set, and it was just like a way to sell those packs. I hate that being the thing. But if we came back to battles, that would that would be a lot cooler. I I'm sure agree. we would. Well, like even Planeswalkers, they printed five in Lorwyn, and yeah. then it took two more years before Alara came out, and they had other Planeswalkers because people hated them they yeah. don't want to they yep. don't want to not do them so that's fair okay well i'm excited to hopefully see some soon but let's talk about what this one does so this is x and two green for a six a six battle yeah what's how many? that number oh yeah it has uh, six battle, battle points battle points it it's, can't be battle PP. it's, it's got to say on the card it enters the battlefield with six battle battle credits Battle coins, doesn't. battle life. It doesn't say on the card. It says on the card, as a siege enters, choose an opponent to protect it. You and others can attack it. While it's defeated, exile it, then cast it transform. It enters with six. Six. Just six. When it enters the battlefield, search your library and or graveyard for a non-human creature with mana value X or less. Put it onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. Once you six it... It flips over into Zalortha, Apex of Ikoria, which is an 8-8 with reach, and it says for each non-human creature you control, you may have that creature assign it combat damage as though it weren't blocked. To me, this is one of the best cards that we've talked about so far. Um, it's one of the best cards of the year. I think this is one of the best reasons to be in green. I think this card is really good. It's right up there with Finale of yeah. Devastation. Even though it has the non-human restriction, you wanted to find Dockside Extortionist or Thassa's Oracle anyway. Yeah, or Seedborn Muse. Or I, I found that flipping it is actually not too hard in the right deck. So you can have an 8-8 with reach if the ball st stalls out. That can actually be super underrated. I've clocked people for over 20 damage with this card before. 
that can be really helpful off of your your tutor. Uh, so I, I like this one a lot. The flexibility is great. Green tutoring things right into the battlefield so your opponents don't know what you're getting until it's too late is really good. And I think we forget is one of the draws to green cards is that ability to like sneak creatures from your deck into play. Uh, so for me, yeah, this is one of the best cards of the year. Or from your graveyard to play too. Like if something happens to your combo piece, you can sneak it back from that too. So I really like, yeah, search your library and or graveyard for no a non-human. Yeah, yeah, or <laughs> okay. your graveyard. This card's awesome. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I thought it, Finale was like that. I thought this was different from Finale for that reason. No, the non-human is what makes us different okay. from Finale. And the, and the, yeah. plus, the plus 10. Because Finale okay. can go get you Grand Abolisher, but this does not allow you to do that. It shows you how much I know, and I loved this card before. Yeah, right, but really it's good. still good. Like Grand Abolisher is really the only thing that I think you're set behind on that Finale doesn't do. Yeah, that's true. Also, uh, the infinite mana outlet i guess too that's pretty big difference but you can play both i mean both of these cards you this and finale yeah. are good you want if you're both. playing finale you definitely want invasion i think too definitely the last card from this set we're going to talk about is drana in linvala this is one two white and a black for a three four legendary creature vampire angel this is flying in vigilance and says activated abilities of creatures your opponents control can't be activated and it has all activated abilities of all creatures your opponents control you can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. Kind of a specific card. Doesn't see play in a ton of decks, but the decks that it does see play in, I think it's a powerhouse. That shutting off activated abilities, I've always liked that, especially on your own thing in Blood Pod. I think this card is really strong. I search for it a lot. It's really great to combo with Collector Oof. You can shut your opponents off from a lot of different mana sources. And it being able to gain those activated abilities can come up. The fact that every once in a while you can tap it for a Birds of Paradise mana when you need just one more mana can be really helpful so i like this card a lot but it doesn't go everywhere that's for sure now you might be saying play to win this is a legendary creature why aren't you talking about it next week and that's because it fucking sucks as a commander it's Not super as a restrictive commander. as a commander yeah where it really shines is in the 99 of these stacks of your decks and when you can utilize like the thrasios ability that you're shutting off or all of kenrith's abilities too like this is just the powerhouse you're looking for on your top end definitely and especially if you're pairing it with green i know oftentimes when you're in green you want your tutors to find win conditions but sometimes you need to find a stacks piece to soft lock the table out and being able to find this one to do that can be really helpful this is really the only card from this set that i wouldn't immediately consider for the top 10 so far i, I think, think so far it can go on the list at the bottom of it it'll probably get ranked out at some point i'm not exactly sure what else we're talking about but to me i think it's better than the other card i think it's the third best card that we've talked about i think it's the fourth the best fourth. i'd okay. rather play fairy mastermind oh, sure, invasion sure. of icoria and phyrexian sensor all over it yes yeah i think I th you're right i think they're they're all going to be much more ubiquitous than this card will be because that's what it is it's about ubiquity right. it's about uh quintessentialness sure that's a good word I think it's close to Phyrexian Sensor and power level, but it being two colors means it's just going to see yeah. a little bit less play. Okay, I could see that, yeah, because the effect is bonkers. Yeah, good effect. Stealing the abilities is bonkers. Really good. Yeah, it stops a lot of win conditions. Really great. We don't have any Aftermath cards to talk about, Marshall Machine's Aftermath cards Nothing. to talk about, but we will have some cards to talk about next week from the set. Aftermath was kind of, it was like a mini set, right? Yeah, there were only like 50-some cards that they printed yeah. that, and Samut 
the new Samut is really like the only honorable mention that we'll say here because it is seen play in Najila. Some Najila lists. How, it, it's good there. But the fact that you didn't say every Najila list right. also makes me go, this is not right. enough for the list. So I, I definitely haven't seen it in all Najila lists, that's for sure. So let's move past it and talk about the only thing that matters from 2023, the Lord of the Rings set. Ah, yes. The meat, the potatoes. Yes. Like um, like the hobbits, like their meals. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. That's it. 100%. <laughs> Let's start off with the best land of the year, in my opinion, Mount Doom. Yeah, definitely. This is a legendary land that lets you pay a life to make a red or a black mana. You can also pay one a black and a red to tap it and have it deal one damage to each opponent. Or you can pay five a black and a red to tap it and sacrifice it and a legendary artifact to choose up to two creatures and destroy the rest. But only do that at sorcery speed. This is good for a couple reasons. The main one being it's just like an untapped red and black source and having another one of those when red-black is one of the best color pairings in the format, that's really good. This is immediately better than like the pathway. If you're playing the pathway, take that the fuck out of your deck. Get out of there. Uh, This can also be good because, hey, if you're playing World Gorger for some reason and then also for some reason your commander, your outlet isn't there, you can flicker this in and out a whole bunch of time and kill the table i forget about that i'm sure. sorry you're playing world gorger but like this <laughs> yeah. is an option you have it's an that option. makes it better at maybe least. one of the cooler reasons is the things that you can do is sacrifice a mox opal to it to destroy a bunch of stuff and if your land can do that that's great uh also things to note silas of rogsai is an artifact that you can sacrifice that's legendary uh to this so that's cool. Yeah, this has kind of been slotted into pretty much all the rock silos for that reason. Yeah. It's really just a free extra way to be able to wrath the board when you're playing super grindy games. Right. You don't do it a lot, but the fact that you have access to it is great. With every good land, if you're playing crop rotation and you can play this, that's also fantastic. Also very true. Yeah. So Mount Doom, best land of 2023. Definitely. Not a lot to pair it up against, but still by far. The next word we're going to talk about is Delighted Half Lane. This is a green mana for a 1-2 half lean citizen that taps for a colorless mana or for a mana of any color that can only be spent to cast legendary spells that now can't be countered. I think when this card came out, I was very hot on it. Me too. I, I was think like, now I'm every less green hot. deck is playing it. And yeah. now I'm like, maybe not. if I need my commander to resolve, I'm playing it. Like, it's great Natali, like more ways yeah. to make sure that my commander with an etb effect and not a cast trigger like a rocco something like that so i i guess i've played a number of decks this year that have actually utilized this card pretty nicely however where i don't want to see it is like my thrasio stack where i'd much rather have a more consistent mana dork i'm playing blood pod right now and i'm not playing it there it can cast my timna uncounterably but there's not a lot of other legends no one's countering your timna no one's countering timna and it's um it's a four color deck like i need my dorks to produce mana that is valuable i know the two toughness is good with orc spellmaster and this card can definitely be really good in atali and decks like you mentioned that really need to cast their commander as a win condition or part of their engine or something like that but for like a four color green deck I don't think so. All right. Our next card is Born Upon a Wind. This one I like. This is one in a blue for an instant that says you can cast spells as though they had flash. Draw a card. Oh, this turn. Yeah. Yeah, this turn. This turn. I didn't say this turn Yeah, when I no, read just it. this turn. This one's great. I've liked it a lot. Every Grixis deck, I think it's, it goes right in there. If you're playing a Thrasios deck, I think this goes right in there. If um, you're playing Necropotence, this oh, goes right in there. Oh, yeah. I've Rock I've been loving it with Necro. I've been loving it just as a card in Rock when you can like 
sneak in a quick rest stick study or sneak in a quick wind condition over top of someone. Um, card seems really powerful. It gives you a lot more range to find windows, which is one of the most important things in CDH of picking when you're allowed to win. That's um, the thing. If you else. if you're only relying on the 25% of the time during the game that it's your turn to win, that closes so many doors for you. But if you have the option to win on 100% of the turns, you're just wide open for every single window that you can find. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, winning over top of somebody else after you know the table is out of resources can be a great way to do it, and this helps you do that. Those are the most memorable games <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So definitely, definitely a card that I'm considering for the top 10, Board Upon the Wind. Absolutely. It just continues to overperform the way that it reads. Replacing itself is also busted because you can like vamp tutor and then get the card that you need to cast at instant speed immediately after that so that's super cool what is on the list so far at the bottom we haven't ranked any of these oh, yes we so have. i'm not i guess we technically did i haven't ranked them on this list yet so i don't have them in a rank are we counting mountain doom for the top 10 i think so yeah okay mount doom what else was there born upon a wind oh that's definitely better it's like uh probably somewhere here what else fairy mastermind that's lower than born right oh maybe it's higher. better than born you think it's better than born fairy mastermind's higher than born yeah okay fine i'll submit to that invasion of icoria we Bet. said was better than fairy better mastermind than both, i think yeah i think that one's the top we said so far for me yeah and then phyrexian sensor we said was better than Drana and Linvala. I think they're at the bottom of the list right now, maybe. Both lower than Mount Doom. Maybe maybe Sensor's better than Mount Doom. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe Sensor's worse than Mount Doom. Rakdos is just better than White. What about uh, Delighted Halfling? Where would you put that? I think in between Phyrexian, whatever it's, Phyrexian Sensor and Drana and Linvala, somewhere in that ballpark, lower than those? I don't know. Where do you put it? Higher than those? Lower than Mount Doom. Lower than Mountain Doom, I'm tempted to say above Phyrexian Sensor, but I think I underrate Phyrexian Sensor, so I could be wrong. I'm ready to admit that I'm wrong about that. No, I think Rule of Law has lost a little bit of its strength this year, so I think I'm okay with putting Halfling there. Okay, cool. Can you see the list? Got the glare. Okay. Uh, at the top we have, or at the bottom, Drana and Linvala, then Phyrexian Sensor, Delighted Halfling, Mount Doom, Born Upon a Win, Fairy Mastermind Invasion. We got to figure out where Lotho, Corrupt Shireff, is going to go on this Shireff list. Shireff is too. not the name of that one. You did that on purpose. S-H-I-R-R-I-F-F. -F. <laughs> is that Sheriff? Because he's from the Shire, and the Shire is S-H-I-R-E, and then Is that really Shireff? how you say that? I, I don't know, but I thought that was flavorful. How do you spell Sheriff? Shireff is a made-up term from lord of the rings it is i'm on lotr.fandom.com okay. slash wiki i truly i truly just thought it was it was sheriff also known as the watch were the only form of law enforcement in the shire Fuck and yeah. the closest thing to form of defense or deterrent that hobbit society possessed okay. so yeah i think i think it is shireff okay cool what does lotho the shireff do two one halfling rogue legendary creature another one of these legendary creatures that's way better in the 99 because it says whenever a player casts their second spell each turn you lose one life and create a treasure token best card so far hands down the best card we've talked about so far i think my hands are a little up but i think this is the best card 
that we've talked about so far. It's, I think so too. Yeah. The only main reason is because green is not as good as it has been before. So that means invasion of Icoria, which is our current top, can't, is just a little bit worse. Even discounting how bad green is right now, I think Lotho's ability and the fact that it triggers off of your actions as well. Oh my God. Making yeah. you mana super consistently at such a great rate. I think this just is far and above the amount of rate that any kind of invasion into a dockside could be yeah it's close lower uh maybe lower ceiling but much higher floor the invasion of ikori can win the game lotho like right away lotho can't do that you know what i mean good point yeah Um, lotho wins the game over a long time over a long time if it stays around but like invasion can just get you the win condition and win right there so it's hard point but i would still like i want lotho early game more than this i want it late game maybe less than this but cdh is just more early game so i still want higher. it yeah like i'm still gonna want a way to be able to generate consistent mana all the time too so this is this is just such a powerful effect it's so good in all of the creature decks that have really been running the format now especially with timna at the helm so this is this is exactly what i want i said it for fairy mastermind so i have to say for this too orcish bowmaster has kind of I don't want to say controlled the format, but it plays a big part in the format. And having one toughness is like kind of relevant now. It's remember the lightning bolt test in modern. It's kind of the same way I think right now for one toughness is if your thing has one toughness, better be fucking good. And this is good enough, but that is something to think about if you think your opponent might have Orcish Bowmaster or a way to get it. That's the thing. My current Kenrith list is built to purposefully be really good into Orcish Bowmaster. So the only cards that actually get pinged off for one are Bowmaster, Esper Sentinel, and lotho but like lotho is just so good that it's worth what much more worth that risk over like a mana dork playing like birds of paradise in the deck instead i definitely agree that's all i have to say speaking of orcus Bowmaster, that's the next card we're going to talk about finally talking about it. holy yeah. shit right to the top shoot that way up there right to top top of the list orcus Bowmaster, one in the black for an orc archer one one it has flash, and when Orcish Bowmaster ETBs, and whenever an opponent draws a card except for their first one during each of their draw steps, it deals one damage to any target and then amasses one. Yeah, dude. I mean, what can we say that hasn't been said? It's dominated like every format that it's allowed in. Um, we talk about it every week on the podcast. Every single at this week point now. Yeah, it is running the show. I'm pretty sure last week. I'm not sure how it'll line up, but we recently had a video of what's the best Bowmaster deck in CDH or something like that. That we or, this card is really good. It takes over games it creates 2020s it uh can destroy a table i've liked it a lot it's just it does so much for such a little man investment you said there's like the orcish bowmaster test that cards have to pass now like this is such a ubiquitous card in the format now there's no way it's not going to the top and i'll tell you it's it's made me start to look at cards that resemble it a lot more because i want things that are close to it to kind of pile on so things like mayhem devil and things like shieldred that can also be very powerful and do similar things those two things both do very similar and very different things yes. than Bowmaster does. Right, but, but com- when you pair them together, you can kind of create situations where you can really control the table, you can really control players' life totals and do a lot of damage. So I, I like that a lot about this card. I'm definitely looking for more cards like it. Yeah, it really makes you realize when you p- pair it like that and how it's like a Shieldred and a Mayhem Devil, but like it just triggers off of something else. Like that just really shows how busted this card is, yeah. how much utility it has. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, let's talk about Boromir, Warden of the Tower next. Yeah. This is two and a white for a human soldier 3-3 with vigilance. It's also legendary. And it says whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, you counter that spell. And you can sacrifice Boromir to have creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. And the ring tempts you. The ring tempts you is not as Fuck relevant. That part. I don't think that part is quite as relevant as the other part. Um, I like that this can slow your opponents down from casting their free magic, right? Really good. But not only that, when you need to get rid of it so that your opponents can interact with each other, you can do that. I think that's great. I feel like I've said all these things kind of recently. We just, we just said this in last week's shit, podcast. Right? Yeah, because so this wasn't keep Blue Farm further. now. Where, yeah, Blue Farm is the main deck that plays it. For that reason, I think it's a little bit inflated because I don't think it's quite that incredible. But when the best deck in the format plays it, I'm probably a little bit wrong. I lost to this against a Rocco player. I just forgot that it has text on it. And I threw Mana Crypt into it. And, like, it feels really bad. So, like, this definitely is going to put in a lot of work. Better than Invasion? Worse I than invasion. I think it's worse than invasion. Better than fairy mastermind. I worse think it's than... also worse than fairy mastermind. Better than born upon a win. Now I think it's better than born upon a win, but I don't know how correct that is. I haven't actually played with born upon the wind. That's one of these cards that's like, it's too new and not like obviously powerful enough that it makes me want to throw it into a deck to make my deck potentially much worse. By having it in there. Are you talking about Born Upon a Win or Born Boromir? Upon the Win? Born yeah. Upon a Win. Interesting, really. Okay, I feel Born Upon a Win because it's a cantrip is kind of freeish. So I want to include it a lot more. Whereas Boromir, I got to be doing something a little bit more specific to want to include it. I see. We kind of just have to go on gut reaction because we haven't played against enough. Like if we played against both these cards 30 times, I would be able to have a much better uh, opinion. I just don't think I've gotten there yet because you know there's what? only so I many games you can play. Here's the answer I'll have to that then. I would say Born Upon a Win is better because the if I play 30 games against both of them and see both of them, I will learn how to play against Boromir a lot better than I will learn how to play against Born Upon the Win. And Born Upon the Win will get me a lot more than Boromir will yeah. because of the in-hand aspect versus remembering to read the fucking card on the board. Fair. So I would say Born Upon the Wind's better than Boromir. I think I agree with that. Um, and then as far as Mount Doom, I think we have Mount Doom under there. I think Boromir's better than Mount Doom. I would say Boromir is better than Mount Doom. Even though he never gets to see Mount Doom himself, he is better than it. That I agree. Yeah, very flavorful. Or maybe not so flavorful. Let's move on. All right. Uh, let's talk about the climax of the podcast. The One Ring! Yes. The One Ring is a four-mana legendary artifact that's indestructible, and when it enters the battlefield, if you've cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life for each burn encounter on it, and you can tap it to put a burn encounter on it to draw a card for each burn encounter on it. Better than Bowmaster. Way, yeah. It's definitely the card of the year, in definitely. my opinion. Like, of, of every format that it touched, it, the, everything about it, the fact that there's a serialized one of version that's worth millions of dollars, the fact that it's just, like, a super strong card that right, pretty right, should go in, like, almost every deck. If you're not playing it, I don't know why you're not playing it. I'm not like, playing it in Blood Pod because I'm on Collector Roof. What do you say? I should say... I, 
cut collector oof <laughs> and put this card in. Fair. Yeah, maybe fair. Honestly, I'm considering it. Um, I think collect heavy collector oof strategy is like the only reason why you wouldn't want this. Um, I, I, Manglehorn is the new collector oof. I, I mean, I play Mana Crypt in my, uh, in my collector oof decks, so who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. But the one ring is definitely... I think the strongest for just because it creates so much just on its own. Bowmaster has to rely on your opponents, which is not a problem, but the one ring can, can just if from within from itself, give you resources and resources forever for every single deck in the CEDH format. It does. Yes. Like this is not something that's only allowed in one color and where it's not like we're trying to find commanders to splash for it. This is a colorless effect that you can play off of mana vaults on turn one and say something you said <laughs> and <laughs> i thought you were going somewhere. no i wasn't going anywhere i crashed wondering is great let's move on all right so those are all of the cards from the main set but we do have one card from the commander set for lord of the rings to talk about which is legolas's quick reflexes yeah this one is a heater what does this one do talk about card names that rhyme with themselves this is a green mana for an instant with split second it says untap target creature until end of turn it gains hexproof reach and whenever this creature becomes tapped it deals damage equal to its power to up to one target creature it this is man great just i feel like the green mages when they saw this were like holy fuck you put that much text on a card like the fact that it has split second is great i think split second is an awesome mechanic that i would love to see a lot more of on powerful effects like this um this is really strong that main thing that you're looking for is the hex proof the fact that it can also be used as like kind of removal right is That's really thing. good my thought process is like this is the best piece of interaction green's gotten since Vale of Summer. Yeah. It's a one mana thing that can counter a spell and have a second effect, whether that be untapping and being able to block a flyer. So kind of get a two for one that way, get a two for one by biting a creature when you get to tap it. Like there's just so much utility in the same way that you get out of Vale of Summer, but yeah. this one's uncounterable. Yeah, the, the only main difference is this one really only affects heavy creature strategies, whereas Veil is kind of protective in a lot of different That's ways. That's true. Like, it helps your breach lines as opposed to, like, just right. one specific thing. Right, yeah. like, if this one could protect permanence or something like that, then we're really talking uh, an incredible card. Good so point. it's a little bit lower on my list for that reason, but still a super powerful card. I think How are you going to have your enchantment tap to deal damage to something though that's yeah that's true i mean a lot of creatures don't have the ability to tap unless you know what i mean so do they no a lot a lot don't you can't tap them like if it's just like on someone else's turn you can't just tap it so it's not just enchantments. oh i tap. see i see what you, know you what mean, mean? Yeah. like you can uh, 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 creatures can't do yeah it that's true yeah you can't just like can't oh just i'm going it. to tap it right yeah, yeah. so you don't yeah. always get that extra effect you only kind of get it if like you protect something in your main one and they're going to kill it before you attack or like in your combat step or something like that but powerful card stronger than mount doom but maybe weaker than boromir is kind of my gut right there 
It's worse than Boromir. Worse yeah, than the probably. One Ring. Worse than the One Ring. Worse yeah, than Orcish Bowmaster. Yeah, yeah. Worse than Lotho. Go down to like Fairy Mastermind. It's worse than Fairy Invasion, Mastermind. Invasion, Fairy Mastermind, Born Upon a Win. I think it's beneath Born Upon a Win. Yeah, that's right. So Boromir is kind of next. And I think Boromir win because it's Blue Farm. And this is... um This doesn't see play in Blue Farm. And that's the best deck. Right. And this is just not a, a tier one strategy that really utilizes this. This is really great for tier two strategies. Yeah. But like, I don't even know if like Najila plays this. Is that wrong? Does Najila play this? Maybe I'm wrong. You play so many good cards in Najila. Yeah. I don't even know if you have room for this. Right. Because, so, like, you get to play all of the actual counter spells in Najila, right. which essentially can do the same thing. And Split Second is great, but I feel like counter spell is better if you, like, it's just being a ba- being able to be a counter spell. I don't know. It's just more versatile, I think. You'll be able to use it more often. I'd rather play Veil of Summer than this in Najila. Oh, like, if, if that's my opportunity oh, sure. cost, yeah. I think it's worse than Boromir. But I think it's yeah, better than Mount Doom. Mount Doom is just a yeah. land. Yeah, yeah I'm, right. I'm with you. Yeah, shove it shove it in there. All right, so we're going to move on to Wilds of Eldraine next. Um, we only have two cards we're going to talk about. This set was not very good for CEDH, if ton. we remember. Yeah, yeah, not a ton. There was Agatha Soul Cauldron. A lot of people love this card. I'm not yeah. one of them, really. But Me neither. We, we just made a podcast talking about a combo utilizing it. If you like it, go check that out if you remember this is the two mana legendary artifact that says you can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures you control creatures you control with plus one plus one counters on them have activated abilities of all creatures exiled to agatha soul cauldron and you can tap it to exile the card from a graveyard and if it's a creature card you can put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control it does too many things i think honestly. i zoned out twice during like, you saying all that i know part of part of the things that i don't like about this card is that it does three different things that all all work together but all do something different and yeah. how they all work together and it's just too much and the setup cost to put these combos together i think with the exception of the podcast we did with francisco is just too difficult yeah i think i agree as graveyard interaction it's not ideal there's much better options as combo pieces it's not ideal there are better options it's a it's an interesting combo piece yeah. i'll give you that but the fact that its main win with walking ballista can be disrupted if you just have two non-land spells on top of your library in a row you have to figure out a way to reset that um, and as long as you, once you find the land, you can leave the land, right? It's the opposite. You oh, need sorry. to leave the non-land. Once you find the land, you can leave the non-land. But if you find two lands in a row, you're stuck. Unless you have another way to get another plus one, plus one counter. Yeah, you need to make sure you have your library set up with like an Imperial Seal or a Mystic Gold Tutor. It's an interesting combo that I think um, should be looked at more. But for now, I think there are a few options that are a little bit better than it. Um, so the for only, that reason, it's a little bit lower. The other thing that bugs me is like when people will say, well, you can give creatures the Ranger Captain of Aos ability. Yeah, you can. But if someone activated Ranger Captain and it's in the graveyard, you're dead. You <laughs> fucking lost that game yeah. and it's not going to matter. Well, like even if you go and try to do it in response, what's the point? Because now you don't have that ability anymore. So the utility on it was just countering a Ranger yeah. Captain ability and you lose out on a creature too. You have to yeah. sacrifice your own creature to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that is good if an opponent – it basically stops your opponents from – using ranger captain during their breach turn to win it stops that one line because if they ranger you then ranger and then they can't go through with their breach line after that so they can't win anymore so like it does one very specific thing but like it doesn't do anything against silence or grand abolisher or counter spells or anything like that it does something against one very specific version of a line which is very niche unless i'm comboing with it 100 percent of the time 
I would rather have some other form of graveyard hate. Oh, yeah. Whether it be Dothy Voidwalker or even like Rest in Peace. Scrap Digger's Cage. Something. something that's just better than this. Yeah. Don't put it on the list because it's not being considered for the top 10. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is it mean it's you think it's worse than Delighted Halfling? Yeah, I think it's worse than worse Delighted than Halfling. Worse than Phyrexian Sensor. Yeah. Worse than Adrenaline Vala? Yeah. No, it's gone. Beseech the Mirror, though, I think is going to go on this list somewhere. This one's good. This one is really good. This is one in three black for a sorcery with bargain, which means you can sacrifice an artifact, enchantment, or a token as you cast the spell. It says, search your library for a card, exile it face down, then shuffle. If this spell was bargained, you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost if that spell's mana value is four or less. Put the card exiled into your hand if it wasn't cast this way. Couple things to note. Any spell. You can find uh, anything that's four or less, you can put it right on the stack. That means a Thassa's Oracle or a Demonic Consultation. Correct. Can you say that again? Correct. Sorry, that was really weird. I had like a weird echo in my ear. Oh, that's and that crazy. Was that was so bizarre. I'm so sorry. That was really bizarre. That's quite right. I just heard like, it sounded like you were talking in a radio over here too. What the hell was oh, that? Oh, really? Sorry, what were we talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> Beseech the mirror. Beseech you can get mirror. you yeah. can get Thassa's Oracle or Demonic Consultation. You just said, yeah, which which is great. You can get either part of the combo and put it right on the stack, or you can put it right in your hand if there is a Drenith uh, Magistrate out or something like that that's stopping casting you from exile. The issues that I have found is that triple black cost for a tutor is a kind of real cost. It's a real cost. That's that that has been a little bit more difficult than I've wanted to be, and finding. Something to sacrifice that's like a, a specifically a token or an enchantment, right? Token or enchantment is that what it is? An artifact. Or an artifact, any artifact. There are options. You have a decent amount of them, but not always. Sometimes you don't. And when it's bad, this card can be pretty bad. Yeah. I still think it's powerful. If I'm playing like Tevish Krom, it's stocks go way up for it like if i have ways to in my command zone to consistently make artifacts or tokens that i'm going to be able to sacrifice to this i want this so much more definitely i hard agree on that yeah yes. and, and tivit i think it's great too because tivit can make the treasures and the to sacrifice yeah exactly however if i don't have that in my command zone i'm looking at this a lot less i still like it in Rogsai, um mainly because rockstar Rocks. Well, no, it's not not a creature. You can't sacrifice a creature, right? You can sacrifice an artifact. I can sacrifice Silas. Sure. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Um, but mainly just because tutors are so good in that deck, you can do so much off of one card. Finding an underworld breach for four mana can just be more than enough to win the game sometimes. So I think it's fine there. But I agree with what you said that you more often than not you want your commander to help with the yeah. cost of it. Not an auto include, but definitely I think one of the better cards that we saw from the year. Better than Delighted Halfling. Definitely. Compared to Mount Doom? I would say it's better than Mount Doom, better than Boromir, I would say. So better than Legacies also. I would say better than Legolas's Quick Reflexes. Better than Boron upon a win? I think... I feel like it's right around here. I think it's going to be right around here too, because what's better than Boron upon a wind? Fairy Mastermind. I think that it is worse than Fairy Mastermind, definitely. And it's probably worse than that other card, Boron upon a wind. It's so close. I think it's better... Beseech the Mirror can win you the game from nothing. I, I make this comparison a lot where Born Upon a Win needs something else. You need to pair it with something else. Beseech can just go find you. I mean, you do need something. You need 
an artifact or something to sacrifice or whatever, but that can be a lot a bit easier to just have than exactly the one specific thing you need with Born to win. And the floor for Born is incredibly low. It's like a, it's a two just a two minute bullshit. Cycler is just so bad. But the ceiling is like higher than almost anything else. Beseech the Mirror's floor is diabolic tutor, which is also pretty bad. That's also pretty low, but it's still a tutor. Probably <laughs> at the end of the game, it's still a tutor. Honestly, it's still a tutor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna put it right below Fairy Mastermind. Honestly, me. yeah, yeah, put it below Fairy Mastermind and above Born Upon the Wind. Yeah, because I would, I honestly, me personally, would know the power of Beseech a lot more than I personally know the power of Born. Yeah. I personally would play Beseech in a lot more decks before I would play Born. I think that's probably right. Cool. All right, that sounds good. Moving on. Well, yeah, that's it for Wilds of Eldraine. We're gonna move into the Doctor Who set. And we're just going to talk about Flesh Duplicate real quick. Sure. This is the new clone that we got this year. This is two blue for a shapeshifter rebel. You may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it gains vanishing three if that creature doesn't have vanishing. That's it. What creatures are we finding that have vanishing? Oh, yeah, none. I mean, Dothy Voidwalker has shadow, and it talks about other shadow creatures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess other, I mean, other copies yeah. of this card, maybe. I, oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, this one's great. This one is really good. Yeah, this one's continuing to surprise me with how good it is and like keep like reminding myself that you can bounce this reset it and like reset the vanishing counters quite a bit too. I think that's some pretty nice utility that the other ones don't let you do as easily. Two mana clones are just really good even if they have downside, they're just really good. Extra dock sides, extra I don't know, stacks pieces, whatever com combo pieces, extra whatever your heart desires. Um just clones in a 99 singleton format clones are really good i think doubling up on creatures of the same type of the same thing can be really powerful so i like this card a lot yeah clones are gaining a lot of popularity i think that if we're going to keep getting more po powerful ones like this that's only going to continue to happen better than mount doom better than mount doom better than legolas's yeah better than legolas's quick reflexes better than boromir Better than Boromir. Yeah, better, better than Boromir. Better than Born Upon a Win? No, not, not better, better than Born, Born Upon, Upon a Win. Just under Born Upon a Win. Yeah, because if I'm being honest, I'm still going to lean towards Phantasmal Image more because I don't have to pay Blue Blue for that. Yeah, that's true. The Blue Blue is a real cost. And most of the time, I really want an ETB trigger from a dock side off of a clone more than I want, like, oh, I happen to be playing against Kinnon and have the opportunity to get something that Kinnon already has that's really good. What? Do you mean? <laughs> if I'm trying to get a longer-term value engine cloned on my side of the board, someone else already has that value engine and has had it out for longer than I have, so I'm still behind. So for me, I prefer to use clones on super powerful ETB abilities that I want, like a Gilded Drake or a Dockside or a someone else's Thassa's Oracle. I'd much rather get, like, the quick burst of power out of it as opposed to long-term. So even though the Vanishing means that I kind of like that, I like the easier-to-cast cost for Phantasmal Image for its fragility more. Sure, yeah, I think I, that makes sense to me. Also, three turns is a fucking eternity. Vanishing three, like, three turns is still a really fucking long that's time. That's true, yeah. Like, that's just, a, that's a lot. It's just a round You don't now. need more time than that. Yeah, like, it's fine. What's the name of this card again? Flesh Duplicate. Flesh Duplicate. Okay, Flesh Duplicate is on the list. We have one final set that we're going to talk about, and I don't even really know how much of this we can be talking about because these are all super new cards. Yeah. But this is the new Lost Caverns of Ixalan set. We've talked about some of these cards already. We have Dauntless Dismantler, 
first. I've loved it so far. This one, yeah, what does this one do? This is one in a white for a human artificer that says artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. It says XX and a white to sacrifice Dauntless Dismantler to destroy each artifact with mana value X. And it's a one four. I've loved this card. Being able to get rid of my own Chalice of the Void when someone you had free interaction and were looking to blow your Pact of Negation on something. I was like, great, yeah, my Chalice, gone, out of here. Spend your Pact of Negation. Um, that's been really great. I, I like this card a lot so yeah, far. Yeah, just like Boromir, if you have a stacks piece that you can leverage to get out of the way when you need it to, it's just so much more powerful and yeah. helping you stay alive, really, in the long game. I think this card is pretty close to Boromir. I think, for me personally, I like it more than Boromir, just for my play style, but I think Boromir might be a little bit more of a powerful card. Honestly, I think the effect and the amount of things that Dauntless Dismantler stops, even like combo wise like preventing dockside loops from going off while it's in play makes this better than boromir i would say i, I agree with you so for both on that train let's let's lock that in but it's yeah. worse than flesh duplicate right it's probably worse than flesh duplicate yeah i think from like again for my play style i like dauntless more just because i'm with you i'd rather play phantasmal image and even phyrexian metamorph because metamorph can copy the one ring and i don't think flesh duplicate can no it's just creature so uh it's for me this is the third best clone that we have in cdh right now flesh duplicate which is i just don't often go to the third option unless i'm in something specific you know like what I mean? if i yeah me too and a lot of times i don't even go to that second option half the time either so i'm i'm totally with you i think this card is better than boromir but 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 worse than Flesh Duplicate? Did we decide? Or do I just convince myself it's it better really than Flesh Duplicate? It really sounded like you don't like Flesh Duplicate from that. Yeah, I think I did. I think in terms of how many decks want the effect of the clone is going to make Flesh Duplicate higher on the list as opposed to how many decks want Dauntless Dismantler. Like, if you are looking to slow the game down... Or if you're a Tim the deck that can draw cards with this, like, yeah, you want to lean into Dauntless Dismantler, but is it opponents? Yeah, it's just opponents. Oh, shit. Nah, maybe this should be higher than Flesh Duplicate. I'm putting it higher. Yeah, because you know what? I like I'm it more. The, yeah. In and decks, it's my fucking list. In blue-white decks, I'm going to Dauntless Dismantler over Flesh Duplicate now because I have Phantasmal Image, like you said. Totally agree. Let's lock it in. Better than Flesh Duplicate. Tashana's Tidebinder oh, is but, the next. But still worse than Born Upon a Win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tashana's Tidebinder is two and a blue for a creature Merfolk wizard. It's a 3-2 with flash. And when it enters the battlefield, counter up to one target activated or triggered ability. If an ability of an artifact, creature, or planeswalker is countered this way, that permanent loses all abilities for as long as this card remains on the battlefield. Good against a lot of the cards that we talked about today. Good yeah. against the one ring, good against Orcish Bowmaster. That being said, though, this is a three mana effect that you have to hold up which is a lot of mana three mana is just a lot if this was two mana holy shit we're talking about a real great card if it was two mana this would go near the top but the difference between two and three is huge it's quite a bit yeah and we've we've talked our mouths off about how much we are not fans of countering only activated abilities when in the same color you have access to spells that counter things on the stack which are much more universal, which you should be doing instead. Right, yeah. I would much rather just counter the one ring than counter the activation and have them not be able to use it. Like, exactly. Just, they can't use it <laughs> if it's in their graveyard right, either. Yeah. So this is just like worse than counter spells. It does different stuff. I'll give you that. But at three mana, just CDH, the, the cards are too strong. So I think this kind of falls down. Yeah. But in the right two-color deck, absolutely. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Like this card doesn't let you go Ristic Study and then I can hold up 
I can like draw into free interaction then this is like this is my interaction and now I can't even draw extra cards counters Rhystic study abilities though but again I wish I, wish I could just counter the Rhystic study the I issue just, is yeah it doesn't it doesn't push my game plan ahead. It doesn't give me advantage. It stops your advantage, which is great, but it attacking you and dealing damage, that's not enough in CDH. So it being like a beater or something like that just isn't relevant. And it's like, it's only temporary too. Like they can right. remove you it. Just kill it. it yeah. yeah, you just kill it. And then now you get your thing back too. Whereas if you had a real counter spell, it, it's just going to be in the graveyard. Yeah. I don't think this card is on the top Stinker, 10. get it out of here. 11. I put it on the list because we were going to get yelled at if it wasn't on the list. We would surely get comments and we still will telling us we're wrong that's Tell fine we're wrong. You yeah. we're wrong i don't think the card's very i good. think you're wrong <laughs> uh <laughs> and then the last card we're going to talk about is from the commander set for the lost caverns of ixalan this is charismatic conqueror this one's okay yeah go this is one in a white for a vampire soldier two two with vigilance it says whenever an artifact or creature enters the battlefield untapped and under an opponent's control they may tap that permanent if they don't you create a 1-1 vampire with lifelink token. I haven't seen this one yet. Just came out, and I just haven't seen it yet. Honestly, neither have I, but I've heard a lot of chitty chatter about I've it. I've heard a lot of chatter. I think in regular Commander, it's much better than CDH. I think when there's three in play, there will be an infinite loop that will draw out the game, and what the fuck do we do with that? I don't know if you saw that on Twitter yet. Yeah, but I did <laughs> see that, yeah. So that's kind of, um, I don't know, weird. But the card is is certainly good, I think. Engine in the cans are great. I just, uh, there's a lot of good cards. Like, what the fuck do you cut for it? I don't know. But it's uh, it's definitely an interesting one that I want to test out a lot more in 2024. I'm just not sure how strong it is yet. Yeah, all the decks that got depowered in 2023 because of the direction the meta went is where this card fits. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot harder to find it in the wild. It's going to be a lot harder to find it in tournaments. I see that. We began the podcast talking about Winota. Now we're talking about Winota again. We if, came full circle. Full circle. If Winota won more de games, this card would be much better, I think, because this is a great Winota card. Obviously, it, you can make things that will trigger Winota more, and uh, it just is exactly what Winota wants. But Winona's not super hot right now. So maybe it will. Maybe in 2024, we've talked about a lot of good cards that Winona got. Maybe Winona will make another push, but we'll see. We're in the cycle where the format is slowing down, which means that eventually the next thing that's going to happen is the format's going to get very quick again. And we'll go through the cycle. Eventually, stacks will be good. And um, and then we'll, we'll find out. But until then, we have 10 cards. Should we talk about the top 10 cards in 2023 that are in the 99? Dylan, what is our top 10? Let's start things off with Boromir. Wow. What is it? Warden of the Tower. Do you want to say the full name after I say it, or I'll just go through it, and that's it? We'll swap it up. I'll say something after you say every card now. Yeah. So our number 10 is Boromir. Warden of the Tower. Number 9 is Flesh Duplicate. Oh, okay. Number 8 is Dauntless Dismantler. That sounds that sounds right. Okay. Number 7 is Born Upon a Wind. That sounds right, too. Number 6 is Beseech the Mirror. There were a lot of good cards this year, if that's this low. Okay. Number five is Fairy Mastermind. Wow, that got five. Number four is Invasion of Ikoria. Yeah. Number three is Lotho the Shireff. Yeah, the Shireff. Yeah, that's obviously way better than everything else so far. It is, right? It still is. Obviously, yeah. Way better. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I'm like <laughs> honest. Beseech is the only one I'm questioning right now. Uh, number two is Orcish Bowmaster. Wait a minute. What's your problem with Beseech? I feel like it maybe should be higher than Fairy. No? It's fine. Leave it where it no, is. No, Fairy should be higher, no. I think. Number two is Orcish Bowmaster. Yeah, that's also correct. And number one is the One Ring. Another... 
list. Another card. Another list. <laughs> Another list. We have completed. Those are the best cards in 2023 for the 99 and CDH. What was your favorite card that you saw in 2023? The One Ring. Yeah, me too. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so on Patreon, like our $100 patrons. Devlin, Mark Cirillo, Alan Budden, lowercase, Zachary Nelson, she doesn't even go here, Joey Aaron, SoCal Acura, Stormageddon, Luke Cook, AJ Albosabi, Demon of Ross Grease, Uncle Butts, Kawaja A. Hamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby G-Bus. If you want to pick up any of our merch, you can do that at playtowinmtg.com. Big shout out to Dragon Shield. Thank you so much for supporting the show. When you use our affiliate link down below, make sure you use code playtowin5 to get 5% off your order. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram for more content. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Goodbye. Or listening. Heather H. Tyler Heckenliable, Malcrap, Driving Crooner, Jabaha, Dolph Boutique, Kadonis, Lutri's Dad, Mitchell Shepard, Justin Mansolo, Pedro, Jacob Depp, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildsbang, Thomas Boydo, and David Nelson. Or listening. Or listening. Is that it? Yeah. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.